Do it. Do it. Welcome to the Austin Otaku Podcast, hosted by Jesse McDonald and Keith Goode. Welcome back to the Austin Otaku Podcast, everyone. My name is Jesse McDonald, and joined yet again by the gumption-filled Keith Goode. Keith, how you doing? I got my gumption up. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> I got my gumption I'm ready to ski-daddle, in fact, uh, for the weekend. <laughs> Filled with gumption during this ever-stressful election week. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely every day is like uh, Groundhog Day. I feel like Bill Murray <laughs> every day. I feel so bad for Nevada right now. They're just doing their best and trying to not get, like, hardcore scrutinized. <laughs> but right now, they're such bastards. They, they are. They are. They are such <laughs> bastards. And and uh, actually, it's, it's great that you pronounce it the way that you did, because that will super irritate them. Apparently, it's Nevada. That's the that's the preferred pronunciation of that state. But we're not going to pronounce it that way because you guys can't count. Yep. Not my problem. Uh, Nevada. As, as someone who gets really upset <laughs> at New Orleans uh, because it's New Orleans. Uh, screw you guys. Uh, we're going with Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing this week? I'm good, man. Uh, you other can't than, say busy. You can't say busy. I'm not going to say busy. I promise I won't <laughs> say busy. It's been 15 <laughs> weeks of busy, but good. Uh, I will say I have been good. I have felt like I have had a dark cloud of existential dread over my head for the last five days. Hmm. But uh, all is good. Um, so it is what it is. So, yeah. But... I'm very excited for this week uh, because this uh, our guest this week is a, a very good friend of mine in the industry. And uh, yeah, intro him a little bit. Uh, so this week's guest is Bo Pedraza. Did I say that right, Bo? Yes, you did. Very good friend of mine. Hey, awesome. So this week's guest is Bo Pedraza. He is an IT and SEO veteran from Galveston, Texas, formerly the head of SEO at BBVA, SEO manager at Sear Interactive, which I'm a huge fanboy of, and U.S. Navy cryptologist. Cryptologist. Whoa. Whoa. Bad day. Good Whoa. God. <laughs> Whoa. Bo is now on a 14th month uh, sabbatical. On, in preparation for his very first child, which is a son, and due any day now, I believe scheduled for next week, correct? That is, uh, that's what we're planning on. And uh, just for the record, it doesn't take 14 months to have a child, but, you know. The that's a heck of a gestation period, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> in his spare time, Bo collects vintage video games and PC games, rebuilds and upcycles old tech, and is working hard learning all the things about New Zealand, which we'll find out more in a little bit, and of course, preparing for fatherhood. So, welcome to the show, Bo, which I was very happy to say, show Bo. Show Bo. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty well. It's uh, Saturday morning over here, and uh, I was a little worried that I'd sleep in because uh, around one o'clock in the morning, I woke up, local one o'clock, and they were about to announce Pennsylvania. Or they were about to start announcing that they were releasing ballots. And uh, <laughs> I haven't been following the election like I did in 2016 because my heart can only take so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I sat there at, at my desk upstairs and then I went back to bed and my wife just doesn't want to hear any more about the election. <laughs> 
but but in about three hours she'll be asking me all the questions about did you hear what happened with georgia so there you go <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so for the listeners that uh, aren't familiar with you tell us a little bit about yourself both personally and professionally uh for the past seven years i've been an seo i uh got into the industry kind of strangely i uh used to build parody websites when i was younger uh i've had cease and desist letters given to me by uh uh warner in 2000 i built a <laughs> website parodying lars ulrich during the napster lawsuits nice. and, uh, i built a a flash site where you could uh press a button and punch lars ulrich in the face and <laughs> totally uncool to say in 2020 but the website was heilhitlars.com oh dear <laughs> yeah I, I, was, I, was a, I swear i'm not an alt-right kind of guy I, <laughs> it was funny to say you could hit lars for being just so rude about you know people just wanting music for free and um i did that for a while i was in it for uh about seven years uh first in the navy before that i worked for a dot-com startup in uh, denver they're still in business now. Um, they do QA testing on video games. And uh, that was fun. It was rocky and rolly, and I ended up uh, managing a team of about 200, and I didn't even Ooh. have a college degree. Wow. Did you live with your grandmother at the time? And uh, did she get into your stash of weed and make tea out of it? I'm just thinking of grandma's, grandma's boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's uh I was like, where's Keith going with that one? Yeah, sorry. That's the first thing I thought of was video video game QA. That's what the guy did. That was his, oh, his that's job. right. I've, so I've never seen that movie, but I've heard the references. Oh, oh it's great. It's you should go watch movie. that movie. Definitely oh, must God. watch. Got to. No, I lived, I lived in Denver. I lived in Aurora, Colorado, specifically in 2000. And it was a year after Columbine. And I remember Ooh. moving from, from the suburbs of Houston, Galveston, to Denver and all of the kids that were dressed in all black listening to UPO and Disturbed and <laughs> Marilyn Manson. And it was, it was weird. Static X. It was a big new metal town at the time. And this goofy kid with baggy jeans and white t-shirts and flip flops comes into Denver. And I felt so out of place, but they, they should be loved. <laughs> it awesome. should be, it should be noted that Jesse and I are both wearing black t-shirts today and you're wearing a, a nice blue t-shirt. So uh, yeah, uh, we, we are the, the metal kids. Oh, I was the demographic that got kind of shunned after all the Columbine stuff because I was a Manson fan and wore black and oh. thought my trench coat was the coolest thing in the world uh, in the summer. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I'm there. I'm in that demographic. I've been hated on for my look for several years. <laughs> no, I, I always I, I looking back, I think about all the, the, the kids I grew up with and I've totally gotten off topic. Uh, but Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, that's the no, show I've, in a nutshell. Yeah, I've I've lived all over the world and been fortunate enough to to work in SEO in Seattle, uh, Houston, uh, San Diego with Sear, and um, this is my second country to live in, and uh, it's the second time I've lived in another country where people are asking me what's going on with the elections. So, <laughs> so you, I I find this incredibly interesting because I know you from the conference scene. I, you know, living in Austin, saw you in Houston very regularly when I would go over there, or even in Dallas. Um, and then one day you were in New Zealand. Um, so what's yeah. going on there? Tell me, how did you end uh, up in New Zealand? Okay, so funny story. I uh, was working at Sear Interactive, which I got to say, it's one of those experiences that uh, I couldn't speak any more fondly of 
but it was tough as shit. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's a young man. It's a young person's game. Uh, that agency life where you're just balls to the wall, <laughs> and um, it it uh, I, I think I was already approaching burnout because the agency I worked at before that uh, was Forfia in Houston. Uh, I was the head of SEO there, and um, Hurricane Harvey took out our office. Wow. Um, we were one of the, the towers on Allen Parkway. And if you're not familiar with Houston, Allen Parkway is a east-west route that cuts through the center of the core of Houston. And it basically turns into like a, like a retention pond. And the office tower uh, was flooded at the garage and floor level. So we were working from home and we were working in temporary spaces for six months. And I, I think I was at a point where I was kind of done. And I thought that to solve that, I would uh, try something, I would try to step my game up. So I applied at Sierra Interactive, got the role. I was there in three weeks with everything I had. And I, I worked there for about a year and kept waking up thinking, you know what, I'm really ready to just settle down and make Houston my home. I want to do good things in my hometown. Uh, I want to, you know, maybe start some sort of mentorship program, um, you know, just, just, kind of give back to a city that I, I've always been fond of Houston. Um, and then one day I uh, paid for a Tinder account um, and I ended up meeting my wife immediately. Well, I met her, my girlfriend at the time. Um, and then a hundred days later we got married. And then about a month later, two weeks later, her job said, well, it's time for you to go back to New Zealand. So we had a decision to make and, uh, Met her on March 30th, got married on July 7th of 2019. And then uh, first week of October, we were in New Zealand. <laughs> wow. So crazy, man. That is crazy. Now, is she a Kiwi or is, is, is she American uh, working for a Kiwi company? No, she's a Kiwi working in oil and gas, which is like the oh. weirdest thing to say. Because <laughs> nice. Things are not <laughs> um, but, but yeah, she, uh, she lives and works. Uh, she lived and worked in New Plymouth which is the 11th largest city in uh, or town in New Zealand, about 30,000 people. Wow. Um, for those who are familiar with New Zealand, I'm on the North Island on the West Coast. There's a little nod nodule, kind of looks like Donald Trump's penis that sticks out <laughs> pointing west. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that reference. <laughs> I, 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 could... I, I just read books. <laughs> I mean, my God, man, it's been clearly described by Stormy Daniels everywhere. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's that's where that's, I'm living. I'm, that that's one of those descriptions you just never want to hear. You know, episode sixteen, where we really go off the rails. <laughs> We've really hit our groove now. <laughs> you know, in about five years, you're going to say that, and people are going to like look at you like you're referencing, you know, the Unabomber, or something right? Old. Thank Boy, my goodness! I, I can only imagine like certain like college seminars in the future. You know, like little extra classes people can take just on this administration. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where academia goes in the next few years. I'm so glad oh. I'm not going to college after this show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a I'm a huge believer that you kind of need to let things bake before you go and either create a course on a topic. Or for his, from a history standpoint, mm -hmm. you should really let things bake. Um, I, I really hope there's not a seminar that comes out tomorrow because it's way too early. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's where a lot of the biopics in Hollywood get it wrong. They should really let people, like, hate to say it, be dead for a while before you make a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why uh, Bohemian Rhapsody did so well because we gave it like 20 years. 
for mm-hmm. Fred to be gone and then went, okay, chef's kiss, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Now they're doing one with David Bowie and it's going to be horrible. Oh, of course it is. And that's, <laughs> well, I don't remember that. But... I don't remember that the Elton John biopic did terribly well, right? It's not good. I started okay. it. It's not good. Um, they tried to make it a musical, basically, which mm-hmm. nothing against musicals. I'm totally cool with musicals. Um, but they tried to do a hybrid um, where, you know, in the middle of him having a flashback of his life, this big musical number breaks out and it's his songs, but they're reimagined in this very theatrical way. More so that's a weird thing to say about it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's weird. Uh, whereas uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is we we are literally telling a dramatized story of this life, these lives. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I grew I, I grew to, to to hate the 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 pan and zoom. Uh, whoever did the filmography for that that movie though, really just kind of overdid that. <laughs> like everybody, they zoomed into their faces. They're listening to his music, like literally everyone. You watch, and then next time you watch the movie, you're going to notice it as badly shit. as I noticed. It was like everybody gets zoomed in on their face while they're listening to this music, and uh, God, it, it got tired go, after the thirtieth time. You know, I'm not going to be able to unsee that. <laughs> that brings up a really good point. Are, are are movies bad because they're bad or are movies bad because we're like pushing 40 and 50 and like we've seen it all oh Possibly. no i think i think it's subjective i 100 percent think i mean a, I'm not a person's feelings to, on something is subjective i'm not expecting it to be the english patient but like <laughs> oh sure sure but i never watched the english patient i haven't either <laughs> <laughs> But there, there is there, there was a, uh, our guest last week mentioned a podcast called The Rewatchables, and they talk about movies that, regardless of where you are, when you see them on the TV, you watch them uh, until they they finish because you can't not watch these movies. And there's a lot of movies out there that are like that that aren't, I guess, by today's standards, very good movies. But you can't help but keep watching them. And yet, there are some movies that are good by today's standards that I can't stand. <laughs> so. See, my standard is if the movie takes me out of my day-to-day crap for two hours, two-ish hours, hour and a half, two hours, nine hours if it's Lord of the Rings, and I leave it going, cool. I didn't really think about other stuff during that, and I kind of enjoyed it. It's a good movie in my book. Low bar. Oh, good. yeah, super low bar. Mm. Super low bar. I watch some garbage crap and am into it. <laughs> so if a movie's bad, it's probably pretty bad. I've got the worst radar in the world for when it comes to movies and uh, TV shows, and it's because I judge it like an old man. <laughs> um, when when I see an advert, I, I grew up like I, I grew up watching a lot of TV because my parents always had the TV on, and uh, it wasn't until recently that I actually started using a TV for things other than video games. Mm. Um, so I used to watch a lot of advertising, and I love watching advertisements and. That's you have been in, in, in Z for a while. You're, na- you're now you a native. An advert and an advertisement. Oh, tomato sauce. Oh, uh, sir. Oh, dear. Are you coming to us from the bid room? <laughs> I'm coming I'm coming to you from the room formerly known as the bedroom. We're now yes. living upstairs in the, okay. the guest bedroom because that's where the baby is going to be. I and see. it's just easier for my wife to get to the, you know, anyway. Smart, um, my friend. <laughs> so I, I personally will judge a movie based on the, the trailer. And there are two things that I just cannot stand. And I've, I've been like this since I was a kid with the first one. And the first one is when 
they talk about uh, Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up. And mm-hmm. then they take a soundbite from the movie where Anakin's like, excellent. Like responding to <laughs> Siskel and Ebert giving it two thumbs up. It's so cheap and I hate that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Uh, the second thing is nowadays you'll see the review in like 3D block letters where it'll have five stars. And then you <laughs> see like the Enterprise flying through the atmosphere, busting through the five stars. I won't see your movie if it does that. Like mm. that, those five stars were not in the movie. That's not canon. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I'm you wrong know, all the time with these things. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I feel that I got actually really, really irritated at one point from all of the previews that started out pitch black and then they would fade into a scene and then they'd go pitch back to pitch black and then they'd fade into another scene. And they made it this really dramatic thing where it was this sort of music playing in the background. Black, fade from black, black, fade from black. And I just was, I just felt like that got overused and it became a really tired approach to doing previews. Um, and you may notice it now. I, I keep, I'm going to point out a lot of things you're probably not going to even notice until <laughs> the next time you watch. And you're like, oh, Keith's right. That's really annoying. Um, so <laughs> that's your, your MO for this, this episode. My MO for this Please. is to find new ways to annoy yourself. You're welcome. <laughs> It's not even about me. It's about ruining the things you love. <laughs> oh, I see a sister podcast coming on. Just ruining your shit. God, I do have a goal, actually. I, my next podcast, aside from the one we're going to do for IBM, is to have a podcast where I go through all of the love ballads and teen teen comedies <laughs> from the 80s and, and show you how distorted – a sense of romance they sort of portrayed out there and like how in the eighties it was okay to obsess over a woman who explicitly said no to you until she changes her mind, you know? So, uh, yeah. Which according to the sexual harassment training that we took this week, that's not okay. Not okay. Not okay. Don't <laughs> no do means no, no mm-hmm. does not ever in any case mean yes. <laughs> hundred Never. Unless you have a boom box and Peter Gabriel's most commercially viable album. Yeah, so, exactly. John Cusack is John Cusack is the perfect example of this. Think about Better Off Dead. Here's a guy that she broke up with him, and he goes and he's like, "Well, my answer to that is I'm going to keep trying to kill myself." <laughs> so, since we're so far off topic at this point, um, <laughs> I I couldn't I I would be remiss if I did not uh, mention my buddy's podcast, which I mentioned I meant to talk about last week. Uh, he has a, a podcast that he does with his friends called Shame Watch, where they just watch terrible movies and do kind of a a mystery science theater sort of bit to it. He just started another one called Independence Day for or Independence Day in four minutes, where huh. he breaks down four minutes of the movie an episode. <laughs> wow! Just launched this week. Very excited. Wow. I think first episode came out today. That sounds great. And that's like a two and a half hour movie. So we've got couple years worth of nice <laughs> very nice the same movie over and over again no 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 so oh. this is literally just the movie independence day the entire podcast is based off of broken into four minute segments right yeah 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 so it's not the same it's not watching it oh. over and over it's let me watch the first four minutes of independence day and talk about it then the next four minutes oh so wow if i'm remembering correctly theoretically the first episode should be like getting into the titles of the movie and breaking it down and talking about it. This is going to be great. I'm so excited. That is smart. Um, earlier we were talking about uh, Yacht Rock, which I'm sure we'll probably discuss later. But Oh, we must. 
there's a podcast uh, from the founders, the people that actually created the whole idea of Yacht Rock, and it's called Beyond Yacht Rock. And they have an episode where they talk about Phil Collins' Divorce Corps albums. Basically, <laughs> Phil Collins' whole genre is nothing but about songs about divorce. Hmm. And uh, they basically review Susudio like 15 times in a row on the same podcast. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Did they make any sense of what the heck Susudio was? Um, if I remember correctly, so I'm a, I was at one point a Genesis super fan, which is like the lamest thing you can be. Oh like, no. As a prog oh, rock dude. fan, that's great. Oh yeah. That's so, great. Like, the lamb you know, does lie down on Broadway. Of course he does. And his name is Rail. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think Phil Collins just said it was some sort of like guttural reaction. It's kind of like a, ooh, baby. But, um, fun fact. Phil Collins has a daughter who is successful in her own right as a model, and I think that she has a couple of lines of clothes. And she, her name's Lily Collins. And when Phil Collins, uh, when Lily Collins was a child, Phil Collins, because Phil Collins is, you know, Phil Collins, he gave her a pony, and the pony's name was Susudio, I think. And then, or it was SS Udio, or that was the name of the boat in one of their videos. It's basically just some norm core shit, but. I see. I see. Okay. Anyway, All back right. to the topic. It's uh, again. It goes. It's it's glossolalia. Basically, he's just making stuff up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> so, looking at the timer, I believe we have gotten to the "Tell Me Something Good" segment of the podcast. Tell me something good. Yay! <laughs> so with that, <laughs> let's kick this week off uh, with you, Bo. What's your What's your otaku recommendation? So uh, there was a TV show that aired in New Zealand about a year and a half, two years ago, called Fresh Eggs. Mm. And it's six episodes. It's an easy watch. It was taken off TV because it was uh, it's a dark comedy, but it's a little too dark for New Zealand. And it happened during the Christchurch mosque shooting. Um, it is the funniest thing that you will ever watch, uh, especially if you've got a dark comedy sense of humor. Um, it's what got me into understanding Kiwi humor. Um, you can usually find it uh, wherever you find things online that uh, aren't purchased. Uh, you can also you can also probably find it on uh, Google Play, I think. But you can also, uh, if you know how to do uh, use a VPN, you can uh, always get it on demand on TV and Z. I, I I love your description of torrenting <laughs> at, in places where you don't make purchases. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, back in the day, that's how people used to refer to ladies of the nights. And here I am talking about <laughs> downloading Papa Roach's first album. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. No one should download Papa Roach's first album, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> or any album after, in my uh, humble but honest opinion. Agreed. Yeah, agree. uh, agreed. Agree. Yeah. So I, I saw you pulling something off the shelf there, Jesse. What have you got for us to recommend this week? So okay, I pulled it off the shelf for a reason. I, I'm 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 going into this slightly against my better judgment. I came up with this idea before we started talking, and Columbine came up. That should tell you where this is going. Oh dear. I'm recommending a comic book uh, by the uh, artist and writer of Invader Zim, Jonan Vasquez. Uh, before Invader Zim, he created a comic book called Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Uh, it is basically about a goth kid that goes crazy and kills people. 
that's where it's hitting my better judgment. Uh, <laughs> but it's really good. It looks like it's drawn on the back of a notebook. Um, huge block letter, all handwritten, very precursor to Invader Zim. You can see where that sort of stuff came from. But it, it breaks down his mental psyche in a really interesting way. And he has this, like, I need to kill people to paint my wall in my room red to so that the demons don't come out. And he doesn't do that. And the demons end up coming out. So hmm. it ends up going down this really interesting rabbit hole. And it was a big thing in, in my high school. We all read it as the goth kids. We're like, oh, shit, this is great. Um, and I'm looking at the poster of it on my music room wall as an adult in the comic book next to me. So uh, <laughs> the reason I pulled it out was to kind of mentally flip through it and choose if post-Columbine conversation it was okay to bring up. And I still don't know how I feel about having just brought it up. But I think it's really good. It's considered a very great comic book. So Excellent. <laughs> so what about you, Keith? What are you going to follow that up with? <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not quite sure if I can follow up with that. Um, yeah, so I'm actually going to follow up with your recommendation from the last episode where you recommended the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. Um, I had a friend recommend a show to me that I, under ordinary circumstances, would never have watched ever. Um, but um, I take my friend's advice. I do. I listen. And uh, I, I do value uh, people's opinions. And so they recommended to me a show that was on FX. I think the, the third season of it is coming out here uh, maybe in a few months. It's uh, now on Netflix. It's called Pose. And you're going to go, Keith, is that what I think it is? Yes, it is a TV show about uh, the – uh, ballroom scene in New York in the 80s for black and Latino trans people and gay people in the 80s. And of course, this is during a time when there was a huge, huge epidemic uh, of HIV infections, killing people, you know, by the thousands. And, uh, you know, I again, this is definitely not a show I would have normally watched because the scenes where they are in the ballroom and they're doing their posing and um, doing their 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 bantering back and forth those scenes make absolutely no sense to me at all but it is a deeply touching personal show as well about the people who are being affected by this epidemic uh they're seeing their friends and loved ones die left and right um they're you know they are uh experiencing discrimination on immense levels uh it it really does bring you down to the personal level where you you, you begin to you know sort of undo what our society tends to do, which is to depersonalize the other, you know, the person who's not like us, the person who's different from us, the person who, uh, you know, doesn't stay the same gender that they're born as. Um, and it brings you down to a level where you can see them as human and you can see their stories as just as important as your stories. So I definitely recommend Pose. It is on Netflix and uh, you can go watch that now. And tell me you don't cry at some point in that show. <laughs> like still magnolias. If you don't cry, you're a robot. You're you're not human. You're a lizard person. So perfect. <laughs> Great recommendations for this week, guys. That is our tell me something good segment. Tell me something good. All right. So I 
I think you and I are going to have a very interesting conversation <laughs> <laughs> because oh. I, I I was born as a a I was born at a time where pretty much if you were in in our in, in sort of our type of people uh, you were a Star Wars kid. Now you, on the other hand, tend to fall into the Star Trek. Uh, universe. Tell us a little bit about uh, your love of Star Trek, and does it have anything to do with the fact that you were in the Navy, and it is very naval in its sort of hierarchy and structure on the ships? Uh, quick answer, no. has nothing to do with the Navy, but uh, <laughs> that, is, that is a nice coincidence. Uh, yeah. So I grew up, I grew up in a, the, the suburbs of Houston, a town called League City, which is really only known for being the bedroom community for NASA and the refineries. But um, fun fact, uh, Richard Garriott, Lord British from Ultima, uh, was actually born there. Uh, hmm. If you're familiar with video games from Origin in the the 80s, um, he was the guy that d- developed the Ultima series, and his oh, father nice. was an astronaut, Owen Garriott. I think he was an astronaut during the Skylab years of the 70s. Hmm. Um, but uh, so there are a lot of I had a lot of neighbors that uh, worked for NASA, and my parents didn't work for NASA. They both worked at the refineries uh, that made gasoline. Uh, big industry in Texas City down the road and my parents had two VHS tapes uh, amongst others but these two were Star Trek and we would watch uh, Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan and they also by sheer coincidence maybe they also had the Star Trek the original series episode Space Seed which for those who may not know um, Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan the Kirk's adversary is Khan this mm-hmm. superhuman uh, eugenics monster played by Ricardo Montalban. Uh, well, in the original series, uh, he was he played Khan in the episode Space Seed, which is about uh, uh, humans that were cast out of Earth in the 1990s and were cryogenically frozen. They were placed in stasis, and they were on this uh, ship called the Botany Bay. And uh, so they're in cry- they're in stasis and. The Enterprise picks them up in the original series, and then they try to take over the ship because, one, they're strong, but two, they're also really smart. But you can't be as smart, as strong, as good-looking as William Shatner, uh, as Star (laughs) Trek V, The Final Frontier, will let you know. So uh, they ultimately lose. And I got into Star Trek from those two VHS tapes in 1989, 1990 probably, when I was about seven, eight and from there, I started watching TNG, The Next Generation, mm. and uh, I never really thought about it logically when I was younger, but I was just into Star Trek. And I think it was because, uh, well, Star Wars really wasn't putting anything out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents didn't really watch Star Wars. They, they liked it, but it wasn't their thing. And um, I think sometimes your fandom does start based on the things that you touch and the things your parents get you into. And I never really raged against it, but I definitely got deep into it. Definitely. That, that's that's great. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if I had not been born when I was born and, uh, you know, gone to see the original uh, episode four in the theaters, um, I probably, you know, wouldn't have been as big a fan as I am uh, now. But uh, to be fair, uh, I was going into college when you were uh, eight or nine years old watching TNG. So that was our, our preparatory time. Uh, before going out to the bars, we always watched because uh, the newest episode came out on Saturday nights at seven o'clock uh, where I lived. And um, 
you know, we had to watch Star Trek The Next Generation and then go out and party after that. And then, of course, they added Deep Space Nine a few years later. And, uh, you know, so then it became a two hour thing where it's like, okay, first TNG and then Deep Space Nine and then the bars. (laughs) So I did I did enjoy my share of Star Trek there. Did you did you were you able to stick with DS9 or did you find that it was something that maybe you didn't get at first? It took me a little bit to get into DS9 as much. And that's simply because I had such a great admiration uh, for Picard as the, the the captain of the Enterprise that it really – I didn't want to like any other sort of leader. And, of course, Cisco, you know – Turns out to be a really fantastic leader. He's the only he's the only person in the Star Trek universe to punch Q in the face, which is is fantastic, um, you know. But I didn't want to like him simply because I liked Picard so much. I was like, oh, he's he's the captain. He's better than Kirk, you know, uh, by by a long stretch. You know? So, but yeah. I, I was a big fan, and I've been to a few. Uh, I've been to a few cons that were specifically Star Trek uh, conference uh, conventions. In fact, and that was, I didn't dress up, but I certainly went. That's 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 awesome. I didn't get DS Nine at the time because uh, I think it came out in '93, and I was probably ten or eleven. Uh, but I think that what helped me get into DS Nine was watching The Sopranos because mm. The Sopranos. It was like seven seasons. It took about a decade to film, and each season's like 25 episodes. <laughs> and DS9 is such a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And I think you also maybe have to be a little bit older to really appreciate what they were trying to do. Right. But but for a long time, I thought that once Gene Roddenberry passed away, uh, Gene Roddenberry being the, the creator of Star Trek, that uh, Rick Berman took over and decided that everything was just going to fund his next Ferrari. So he started using the same old tropes. <laughs> and uh, little did I realize that eventually Alex Kurtzman would do the same. But I think that I, that kind of mentality I'm usually wrong with and that they're doing the best they can, doing something different. And uh, the product, you could say it suffers here and there. But for the most part, um, I think the product is good. It's just that maybe uh, we're all a little bit older and you're critical about mm-hmm. the things that you grew up on. Indeed. Now, are you a... F- are you a fan of or do you dislike Enterprise, the show Enterprise with Scott uh, Bakula? Enterprise had so much potential. I am a, I'm, I wouldn't say that I dislike it. Uh, it's, it's good. I think it could have been better. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that I'm nice about it. I'm positive about it. I like it more than I liked Star Trek Beyond. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, 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 there were things I didn't like, uh, but I think that Enterprise gave me a little bit of hope that eventually they would do some sort of good story about prequel. Mm-hmm. But it also made me wish, like, maybe they should do a story about what happens after Voyager. Right. Section yeah. 31 or something deep. Because, you know, the future, like, we imagine what the future would look like. And the most advanced time period in Star Trek right now is, I guess, with Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been 20 years 25 years we already know like well, all the technology when we look at voyager most of it looks pretty good some of it's probably dated what could we do with 2020 era cgi and special effects and futurists you know? oh yeah yeah absolutely and it's what's funny is is they should really be striving to come with up with the most advanced ideas because the advanced ideas that were in in the original star trek uh have come to 
into existence. I mean, minus transporters, even though they did transport that single was it molecule at one point or was it a, a maybe an atom they actually transported? So who knows? We might be a few short years away from um, you know Jeff Goldblum and the Fly, and then. <laughs> We'll then we'll move into Star Trek era the Cronenberg era of transportation. <laughs> so side side thought, and this is related to Star Trek. I swear to God, guys, I'm not the king of off topic, but I am sometimes. Um, have have uh, you guys in in your fandoms? Have you ever uh, heard people kind of lament the the, the decline of, of music and how there are no good bands anymore? Oh God, and, yeah. And then you often have to remind them that yeah, there are good bands. You just don't have to always listen to the radio. You have to kind of do your digging. See, with um, mine, it's it's more of the metal community and thinking that everything that isn't the genre that they like is crap. So uh, yeah, I gave up uh, on fighting that fight, honestly. So, so Star Trek is full of fans like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I consider myself a really big fan of hard sci-fi. Um, it's the same reason why I rage against movies and TV shows with bad ad advertising. Um, it's that I like things that are plausible and I like things that are concrete. Um, and it wasn't until about a decade ago that I really started to understand fantasy and started to understand that it's okay to not have everything be rooted in plausibility. Um, so when people... And I hear this a lot on, on social media, especially in Reddit. Uh, people kind of lament the, the fact that Trek isn't what it used to be. Um, I kind of want to just sit there and go, well, it's never going to be what you think it is because nostalgia is a weird drug. Mm -hmm. uh, but you should also watch The Expanse. Mm -hmm. Or you should watch uh, something else that is kind of in that vein of hard sci-fi. Go, go watch BSG again, the, the, the reboot. Um, you know, there, there are things out there. It just maybe it's not your thing. And, right. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is kind of in that vibe too, where uh, I liked it when I watched it. Like, it's not exactly what it should be. It's not what Roddenberry would have wanted, but mm -hmm. that's that's a weird. That's it's not baseball. It doesn't have to be exactly what it was like fifty years ago. True. And I've always been a, a fan of the fact that uh, Star Trek tried, at least tried, to be as accurate as possible um, with the science. I always thought that was a really, really smart way to do it. I mean, this whole idea of a warp bubble was something that sort of predated uh, science, but it was thought of there. The idea of a, a deflector dish, because there's tons of space particles out there, and you're running at if you're running at the speed of flight and you hit a space particle, you're going to blow up. Basically, um, there's so many things that Star Trek took seriously that Star Wars was like. We don't give a shit. <laughs> there's sound in space. There's fire in space. <laughs> and see, I think that's where Firefly comes in and is really interesting because it mm. takes the there is no sound. There is no fire. There might be tiny explosion, but it's not this big boom. boom. It's like a <laughs> silent flare and then it's done. That's what always made that show interesting to me. And that's coming from someone who's not a Star Trek fan. I like it. I don't watch it. The new movies I dig. But uh, I'm I'm a Star Wars guy, but <laughs> and I guess that's ultimately what's important, you know, getting people on board. I, I was not a big fan of the last two movies, but I, uh, but it was in declining order. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like Firefly, and I just feel like we all go through this phase where something in our fandom we're going to like, and maybe it's niche, or maybe we're at like the the what's it called the the what's not haute couture but we're on the cutting edge of our fandom mm -hmm. and 
somebody's going to put a TV show or an album out or something that we like, and it's not going to do well because it just doesn't appeal to the masses. Right. And that's okay. It sucks, but that's just... It, it should be okay. I don't think the masses, uh, and apparently uh, the pandemic is proving me right, the masses care much about science in general, much less science <laughs> fiction. Yeah. So... You know, well, well, especially in this country. Now, in New Zealand, you guys handled the pandemic a lot differently than 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 we did in the United States. And you guys did better uh, by all sort of measures uh, of of uh, of the, the pandemic. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the proof that we don't really care much about science really came to light. You know, I, I think it's coming to light again now because we're just seeing another increase in, in but, infections. So w with with the, the lockdown here, um we uh my, my mom was actually here for about three weeks visiting uh she got here i guess in early march she flew in from houston it's a direct flight from houston to auckland wow and um yeah it's 14 hours direct flight air new zealand is the way to go i mean it's solid she got here she was here for three weeks and we were in queenstown which is like the the, the nice part of it's the nicest tourist city on the south island it's gorgeous we were in Queenstown, and we noticed that the Queenstown was emptying out. It's the tourist capital of South South Island, and it was empty. And it was St. Patrick's Day, and we realized that the coronavirus up, was upticking and upticking. And my wife was texting me saying, "Hey, you know, there are now two cases in New Zealand, and in the states there's forty cases, and and it started going up." So we kept eyes on it, and my mom, I think, was so detached from everything that she thought it was no big deal. Uh, I'll fast forward and say that we had to leave. We had to kick her off the island about two days early. But mm. uh, when she got to Houston and she landed, she realized it was not something to scoff at. And the best way to kind of sum up how New Zealand approached the coronavirus is that um, when the government told them that this was going on, this is what was taking place, and these are the steps that we would have to take to make sure that we didn't fall into this trap of us all getting sick. Uh, the population trusted them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I kind of think about my childhood growing up in the, the outskirts of, of Galveston and Houston, where uh, a lot of Rush Limbaugh fans, and you know, we, <laughs> we all kind of heard this these stories about this deep distrust of government. Mm -hmm. yeah. And government's such a broad brush to paint things. Like, it's not all the same. Um, but but I think that uh, people here just trusted that the government was going to do the right thing, because if they didn't, they'd vote them out. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not a crazy concept. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, and I also think it's one of those uh, situations where I think other cultures in particular, um, they understand that with the freedom of living in, in a society like the United States or in New Zealand or in Australia, there's a responsibility to the society that's giving you the benefit of, of living in it. You know, so. Whereas, you know, Americans tend to, especially, you know, the, 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 the flag waving Americans in particular tend to say it's about my freedoms, but then there isn't a flip side of that coin, which includes the responsibilities. Uh, so they don't want to pay taxes. They're not, in, you know, in, you know, I'm not, we're not going to get into a tax discussion. I don't like taxes as yeah. much as the next guy, <laughs> but yeah. you know, they, they, they don't like that. There is a responsibility side flip side to the coin of freedom. And um, that's the, the problem I think that we faced in the pandemic. Whereas in New Zealand, Japan, all of these other countries where they're like, yeah, it, we need to look out for each other. Um, they understood that. That was, that was, that was the, the, the crux of the argument here was making sure that uh, we were taking care of each other because you know, it's it's really hard to get things in New Zealand. 
um, there are memes about this where you'll buy things online for $5 and the shipping is a hundred dollars. It's, it's, it is not an easy place to get things. And, um, I have a bunch of old laptops upstairs and iPods that I've rebuilt and, uh, you could sell them for hundreds of dollars here. It's just because cool things, really neat, geeky things, uh, modded things. You could just sell them for crazy. And I'm probably going to be doing that soon because I'm trying to keep downsizing but um i have a crate i need to send you by the way <laughs> i i've got i've got a box of a you know a bunch of old technology like i don't know what to do with it because i don't know any, if anybody takes those in recycling anymore um, yeah it's it depends on what it is but um yeah i mean you guys can see this but the audience can't but uh i've been building ipods and restoring them for years and you've probably seen these types before but it's it's got uh sd cards in the back wow and uh, it runs Rockbox, which is a offshoot of uh, it's like basically just music software. I, I still have Winamp on my computer. <laughs> so, if I, as someone who still owns both of my iPods and uses them relatively regularly, when you get back to the states, uh, we're going to talk um, for sure. For sure, um, yeah. I I have a couple of them. I use this one just for music and uh, a lot of like just like my audio books um because sometimes i just don't want to be distracted much to the chagrin of my wife but um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was really interesting it was like maybe a month ago maybe a month or two i you and me were just kind of generally chatting i had found a uh, a band from new zealand that actually sings most of their songs in maori so i found it very interesting was just talking to you about it since you just moved there um, and I, I was asking you about a, a Maori necklace. It's like, yep. Hey, if you see one of these, you know, keep an eye out for me. And you were like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to the, I'll probably go downtown tomorrow. It's like, what, what the hell do you mean you're going downtown tomorrow? It's a pandemic. You can't just go somewhere because <laughs> I'm living in this like bubble, especially with a new kid. I guess I'm being extra careful, but it was like, people don't go places. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> don't go anywhere for oh. me. So it's really hard for me to to go online and uh, talk about like just my day to day because I, I, my, you know, my, my social media feed is still, you know, 95% of U S based. And uh, even if my friends in Spain and the UK, they're still going through it. And I don't have the balls or the brass to go there and say <laughs> like, Hey, 2020 is shaping up to be my best year ever. Like <laughs> nobody wants yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but uh, a, a just a a kind of a thing but like you know we all own masks but i didn't wear my first mask until about a month ago because i had to get on a plane to go from new plymouth to auckland a Mm. 45 minute flight and there were no cases in new zealand at the time um and i didn't i kind of wanted to tell somebody about it because i just found that kind of strange that like it's it's october and i don't even know how to put a mask on not because (laughs) i'm weird but just because i haven't needed one because you did it right. That's why. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. easy, but um, but it was just. It, I don't know. Like our lives are normal. It's just that uh, the only thing that's not normal is that my parents won't be able to be here for birth of our our child next week, um, and uh, my heart just kind of goes out to people that I, I chat with online, which I don't really chat with a whole lot of folks because I think people still think it costs money to Facetime. <laughs> <laughs> um 
I don't have many tech friends outside of SEO. It's kind of strange. Like my dad doesn't even have an email address. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. I built him an AOL account in like 99 and I asked him to pick a screen name and he wanted to be, wanted it to be Budweiser at AOL.com. <laughs> I, I am not making that up. <laughs> That's amazing. I just moved my grandmother off of her email, uh, AOL email about a year ago, by the way. Whoa. Okay. We're in oh, Gmail yeah, I now. I heard it. I heard it's still around. It is. Yeah, it totally is. I think they sent out some notice that they're not running security anymore or something. So she was kind of freaking out. So uh, it's it's also kind of funny. And my and my my wife heard me saying this. She'd probably uh, scold me or kill me. But uh, she still has a Hotmail account. Wow. But it just re- it routes to Outlook. It's mm, the same thing. Fair, so fair. It's not bad. I've told her that if we ever did decide to move to the states. Um, you may need to figure out what your Outlook email is because some recruiters might look at that and go, no, which is unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned a little bit about like kind of upcycling tech um, and the, the price of getting things in New Zealand from other countries. How has that hindered your video game collecting? So all of my consoles and I own, I think every console that I could, except for like some of the like, really niche consoles of the 70s um all of my consoles were at my parents house in a town in which i will not disclose but uh, (laughs) league city uh but they're they're in boxes and um i haven't really found any here except for the zx spectrum which was really big in the uk you would you would spell it zx but it's zx i'd now say zed um i I don't have any consoles here, but what I do have are ROMs, and mm-hmm. I have my ROMs, some in which I've learned how to rip over the years, um, and um, I'll, I'll give those who are interested in ROMs a, a bit of a, advice, is that um, when you own all of the ROMs, you will play none of them. <laughs> this I is so true. I recommend finding uh, a game that you want to play supporting the the developer if it's a, a if it's remastered or even something like uh like an old game that you can still purchase online playing it easy or maybe buying an old console and finding the cartridge but for like i have final fantasy 2 and 3 in the box super nintendo wow. at home at my parents house um still unwrapping and uh i'm playing it i play it occasionally on uh on uh, uh on emu uh what's it on, on the macintosh there's a open emu which is uh an emulator that i use and i play it on there Dig lately it. i haven't had time for that <laughs> that's about to go away too buddy i hate but, being uh, that guy <laughs> I, I was i wanted to ask you like weird question jesse but mm-hmm. like what's it like having a child that kind of looks like you it's very weird <laughs> the poor kid um <laughs> it's it's really strange being a self-deprecating human being who has had self-confidence and body issues my entire life uh, and then people are like oh my god your daughter's so cute oh my god she's so cute and then all of a sudden starts being like she looks just like you like wait what happened to she's so cute <laughs> no 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 that's what we mean she's so cute like no there's no way you mean that uh inconceivable so, yeah yeah it's yeah. really strange, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of helped me a little bit to be completely honest with you. Um, like, like what, like what kind of emotions go through your or thoughts, go through your mind. Like, I can't even fathom what's going to happen. 
Um, it, it's weird. It, you're you're going to hit every emotion that you never thought you had uh, pretty pretty quickly. Um, so Joy went into NICU very quick, and because she was preemie, she was, she was three weeks. And then my wife was um, gestational diabetic during it, so her blood sugar was kind of a, a thing when she was born. So she actually didn't learn to suckle by the time she was born, so she mm. wouldn't feed, which then meant that her blood sugar wouldn't normal out. So they took her within a few hours into NICU. That turned into, while now perspectively is like, a, oh, cool, they wanted to make sure they could feed her better than we could because you know, we were new to this. They wanted to monitor actively. Um, all good cried for like seven hours straight um and i never thought that i would i would feel that way um so i mean it just ends up being every day there's going to be a slew of emotions uh either good or bad depending on what the experience is like but i was telling my wife yesterday especially because joy is now at the point where she is babbling and a baby's first kind of babbling noises are very da sounding and Joy just literally will sit there and go, da, 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 da. And it's crazy. The first time she ever did that, happiest moment of my life. Truly, I can say that happiest moment of my life. Cried and laughed hysterically because it was this overwhelming wave of emotion when she did it. Kind of happens every now and then, too. You truly, it's the cliche, you truly don't know what love is until you have a kid. And you don't know what fear is until you've had a kid. Wow. Um. I, I consider myself a pretty fearless guy, and I think that's probably because... That'll change. That'll 100% change. Bravery and stupidity are one and the same. Um, I, I know that's going to happen. Um, oh, yeah. We, weird side question. Whenever, uh, and it's feeding time, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you supposed to do with yourself? Because obviously baby can't feed out of these puppies. Oh, so we... Um, that's where pumping comes into play. Okay. That is where maybe even being comfortable with formula comes into play. Okay, because I'm going to feel like a jerk if I can't just do anything and I'm just lying in bed while my wife's doing all the work. We, we've already agreed that's not going to roll. Oh, <laughs> we did a, uh, a, sh- uh, a shift mentality. So my wife took during the day. There was a middle gap where we were we overlapped, and then I took night times. Okay. And at nighttime, um, we did a mixture of, of breast milk and formula. Gotcha. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm happy that the last small chunk of the podcast uh, turned into something actually pretty valuable, uh, not just <laughs> nerdy rambling. Um, well, yeah. So I don't uh, really find any consoles here. Uh, I, I did. I do kind of work on my soldering and my uh, I, I kind of kept up with my L tech a little bit with consoles um, and I got to play some of the consoles I never could afford, like the Neo Geo. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was neat. So uh, before we get into our last segment, really quick plug that you should check out uh, a YouTuber named uh, Metal Jesus Rocks. If you don't know. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes. He's he's from Seattle. Yeah. 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 So him and his crew. uh, That is what I watched when my daughter was first born. That YouTube channel stayed on my TV all day and she's obsessed with it. Her or him and beat em ups. Uh, if those two come on the TV, even now, she gets all excited. She, It's weird. Um, oh, so great. watch crap you like with your kid, and your kid will eventually like it. <laughs> so with Thank that, you. yeah. So with that, I believe we are at the lightning round. Lightning round. Nice. Lovely. Yeah, this is our uh, weekly segment where we ask the same questions of every guest on the show. And... Um, 
We'll figure out something to do with it later. Maybe this will be part of, uh, I don't know, Jesse, what do you think? We should do like a year-end review and just take every question like and do it. Yeah, I maybe like so. That. Maybe we so. We need to also do the lightning round to each other. We should. We haven't answered these, have we? We haven't done this yet. All right. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that next episode. I dig it. I dig it, too. I got to come up with some answers, though. It's All right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, okay, Bo, here we go. First question. How do you think your hobbies have contributed to your success in your full-time work? Ooh. Um, I think being, being naturally creative, um, naturally, uh, what's, what's the inquisitive, um, mm -hmm. it helped me kind of think of SEO as one part of a, of a bigger engine. Um, I used to do a lot of, uh, little presentations and I do a lot of uh, presentations and conference pitches on the idea that uh, it really helps to be a good uh, multi-channel digital marketer if you're an SEO because a lot of times SEO will touch other aspects and I did that because I had so many managers early in my career that would tell me to kind of stick to SEO hmm. well, well how do you define SEO and uh <laughs> It was kind of like when I was a, when I was a child, and I would want to disassemble things and put them back together and make the calculator better. Uh, it, 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 I'm not supposed to just play with the calculator like a child, and I'm totally babbling here. But I think just <laughs> keeping that curious that curiosity in your 30s and almost approaching 40, um, mm. it's helped me continually grow. It's helped me learn. But I will say that one negative is that uh, I get off topic a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that that's understandable. I can I can totally relate, in fact. It's been it's been a net positive though. Excellent. Excellent. If you could be one fictional character, who would it be? Oh dude. If I could be one fictional character, um You know what? I would want to be Captain Cisco. I'd want to be Benjamin Cisco from DS9. Nice. Uh, so the reason why I like DS9 is because in Star Trek the Next Generation, you know, are they supposed to be rapid fire? Mm. Whatever, man. Okay. DS9 is, you know, <laughs> keeping the peace in the galaxy when you're the strongest entity, mm -hmm. the Enterprise. And that's it. that's the next generation. DS9 is keeping the peace when you're at the weak point, the choke point mm -hmm. of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, dude, Ben Sisko, emissary, smooth. He handled the Cardassians like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, his wife died at Wolf 359. Sure. Look, you just a board, but you know, uh, net positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> suffering, <laughs> his suffering is our gain. Absolutely, totally. got it. Um, what other interests would you like to pursue if time wasn't a constraint? You mean like if I was on the fourteenth month of a sabbatical? Of sabbatical? <laughs> yes. Um, you know what? I uh, I have always wished that I would have uh, had a pursued a degree in computer science mm. um but i also kind of wish that i would have uh continued my degree in mass uh, my master's in history mm. um, but i think that ultimately right now what i'd really like to do is either become an electrician or become a better farmer because mm. i've got some it's raining over here right now it's like the end of spring middle of spring and i've got a garden that's growing and um i'm just struggling to keep the peas on the vine of the, the <laughs> trellis and i cannot get my peas to grow but i'm staring at my neighbor who's got a, a half fence that i'm overlooking and he's got just a wall of peas and these peas are so good to eat 
and I just want to jump over and just eat all of his peas. And I don't know what <laughs> I'm not doing. So to answer your question, like all of that other stuff, like computer science, that's great. But I would really love to just know how to have a good garden and grow it. Nice. That'd be great. I, yeah. <laughs> perfect. All right. Well, perfect. Uh, thanks for those answers. That was this week's lightning round. Oh, the lightning round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes lightning can be slow across the sky, right? Maybe I don't know. And sometimes I can be a little slow across the sky too. So, what did we say during Gary's episode? It was oh, it's a slow, a slow rumble. rolling storm yeah. through the countryside. Is, is what Gary's episode was. <laughs> oh, so, so, New Zealand uh, in their last election, they did not legalize marijuana. So oh. you don't have to worry, guys. This is how I normally am. <laughs> That's a sh- with that we have reached the end of the episode and i just wanted to say that it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so much for coming on indeed Guys, jesse keith it's been a pleasure this has been the austin otaku podcast to learn more about us and our show to be a guest or to subscribe to our show Go to www.austinotaku.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.